This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. And speaking of threats, the climate crisis is staring us in the face. So what do we do? We hold fancy summits. We spend two weeks talking and end in disagreement. That's the COP26 for you in a nutshell. It was expected to be a flop, and it is. After two weeks of hard-fought negotiations, the UN Climate Change Conference in Glasgow has managed to achieve nothing of substance. There was a lot of talk on how to reduce carbon emissions, but when it came to making commitments, world leaders held back. The main goal of the summit was to limit global temperatures, to make sure that global warming is limited to one and a half degrees Celsius by 2030. COP26 was supposed to deliver a deal to reach that goal. It couldn't, which is why we say this summit failed. And when you fail, you need a fall guy. You need someone to pin the blame on. And the same happened in Glasgow. When it was clear that the summit would deliver a weak deal, fingers were pointed at India. Alok Sharma, the president of COP26, said that he was, and I'm quoting, he was deeply frustrated by India and China. Alok Sharma is a British lawmaker. He was responsible for negotiating the final agreement. He delivered a watered-down pact. And he blames India and China for it. Listen to this. On the issue of coal, China and India, of course, are going to have to justify to some of the most climate vulnerable countries what happened. You heard that disappointment on the floor. So Sharma gave the cue. Disappointment on the floor, he said. The British press responded. Publications like The Times of the UK ran headlines like the one on your screen. Alok Sharma in tears as India and China dilute pledge to phase out coal. It says Sharma was ambushed by countries like India. What is all of this about? And what is the truth? Let's understand what happened. The pact negotiated at COP26 was called the Glasgow Deal. This deal asked 197 countries to make a very specific commitment. End the use of coal. That's what they wanted. Stop using coal. For the first time ever, there was a push to phase out coal and end fossil fuel subsidies. This was the proposal. Now, India and China opposed this. They asked for a change. They wanted the, ter the term phase out to be replaced by phase down, which basically means they will use less coal, but they will not stop using it. The negotiators had to relent. The Glasgow Pact was watered down. Phase out was replaced with phase down. Now, if you read publications like The Times, this is a story about Glasgow that you'll get. This is the only story you'll get, a story that paints the developing world as climate villains. I'm going to tell you the other half of the story. Rich countries are not pulling their weight. They promise to fund the transition to clean fuels, but they're not putting their money where their mouth is. Rich countries drove climate change. Now they want to end it, but they don't want to pay for it. They want the developing world to foot the bill. And that is the crux of the problem. Who will pay the money? Where will the money come from? Rich countries have failed to live up to their promises. And I will show you how. At COP15 in the year 2009, rich countries made a pledge. They promised to provide $100 billion every year. 
to create a climate aid fund of sorts, 100 billion every year, something that would help the world adapt to climate change, that would help other countries transition to cleaner sources of energy. That was the promise 12 years ago. We are in 2021 now and forget about paying $100 billion every year. Rich countries can't even pay their own share. Every year they fall short. Take the United States, for instance. Going by one estimate, it should be paying 40 to 47 billion of the $100 billion fund. How much does it pay? Between 2016 and 2018, the US contributed around 7.6 billion. 7.6, but it was supposed to pay 40. How do the others fare? By 2018, Australia had paid less than 1 billion, Canada 1.5 billion, Italy 2.3 billion, and the United Kingdom 4 billion. Look at these graphs carefully. These countries are contributing way less than what they were supposed to. Do you know how much India alone needs in climate financing by 2030? $1 trillion. What about Africa? $1.3 trillion. Do you see the gap? The developing world needs trillions of dollars to fight climate change, but the rich countries offer $100 billion and don't even pay that. And these are the countries that historically caused climate change. Some of them still remain the biggest emitters. Australia, for instance, it has the highest per capita coal emissions in the world. An average Australian emits five times more CO2 from coal than any other person in the world. The United States is close behind. It has the fourth highest coal emissions per capita in the G20. An American emits three times more CO2 than the global average. So rich countries emit more CO2 from coal than the rest of the world. They refuse to provide funding and they blame others for watered down deals. That's climate politics for you. Perhaps Alok Sharma should speak about how disappointing that is, climate politics and climate justice. Rich countries remain the biggest emitters. They force unrealistic deals on the developing world and deny them the resources they need to transition. Then they blame countries like India for refusing to commit to end the use of coal. Climate politics, climate injustice, and climate hypocrisy. This is what is threatening our planet.